0: Welcome to The Step, a podcast for and about unstoppable individuals presented by Pop Sugar and Sorrel. I'm your host, actress and singer Katie Stevens. Last season, we heard from fearless individuals who boldly take up space in pursuit of their dreams. This season, we're celebrating those individuals who embrace creativity and opportunity no matter the challenge in front of them. Join us. This actor is championing representation on screen and in business.
1: You didn't like your performance on a job, okay? You're watching it, man. So instead of sitting there complaining and beating yourself up and coming up with excuses as to why this performance was this way, you can really look at yourself and be like, okay, well, I can fix X, Y, and Z. Then the next time you go on a job, you apply those things and then look at that. You just beat your past self. That's the only person you should be worried about.
0: That's actress and entrepreneur, Jalen Barron. Jalen currently stars as Trish in Hit stars comedy drama series Blind Spotting after getting her big break on the Emmy Award winning show Shameless. She was the first American person of color to play the lead in the Netflix children's original series Free Rain. In addition to her thriving acting career, Jalen is the founder of Bougie Latches, a vegan and cruelty free line of luxury eyelashes aimed at helping women everywhere feel strong and beautiful. This woman is doing it all, representing multicultures on screen and launching her own business. Jalen, welcome to the step.
1: Hi,
0: Ooh. hello. Thank what you an for intro! Me. What
1: an intro! I like that. I'm gonna. Um, I need to print that out so I can read it every day to remind myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm so excited to be talking to you. Um, first things first, I am asking all of my guests to start off by sharing one of their favorite quotes or mantras that they live by, have bookmarked recently, etc. So what is yours?
1: My new mantra that I recently learned from a book, the courage to be disliked. Basically, it is not my task to take on other people's feelings, and nor is it my responsibility for how they feel about me. Of course, if you make a mistake and you have to apologize, you you give your apology. And then it's just, it's up to them how to take it. But it is not your task to not like somebody, for example. That's a lot of energy to exert. Yeah. And it's not even a way of being aloof of, oh, I don't care about anybody's feelings about my own. No, it's literally like, no, well, okay. It is just not my task to be concerned if they like me or not. Yeah,
0: I always struggle. I'm that person that I am often preoccupied with. People pleasing and wanting to be liked and, and make sure that, you know, other people are okay. And I had to start recently as well asking myself, well, how are you? And it's one of those things like we rarely ever ask ourselves how we are. And a good friend of mine said to me, she goes, what people think of you is none of your business. 100%. It is none of your business. None of your business. That's that's their thing. So Mm. I love that. I love that. I'm also trying to do that. Yeah,
1: because, I mean, it's like they only see a small part of you and and who you are, you know, and sometimes – I have bad days and maybe the first time somebody meets me, they're like, oh, she's crazy. And it's like, no, I swear. Like, I'm only crazy sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I want to take it back to little Jalen. Did you always know that you wanted to be an actor? Was that something that like from childhood, you were like, this is what I'm going to do. No question. You
1: know, it's funny because I, I think I did. I just didn't know what it was called. I kind of always knew like, I don't, I don't want a normal job. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't, I could never picture myself doing a nine to five and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. You know, it just might not be for everyone. Yeah. And I would always play dress up. I would always pretend. I would always put on fashion shows, dance shows, talent shows. I was in a talent show. I always did plays and I just didn't know the word for pretending basically. And then finally, when I was about 13, I was like, you know what? why not ask my mom if we can try this? And she, honestly, I don't even think she thought I was going to be good at it. And then I ended up booking um, the first audition that I went on. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, I was like, oh, I might be kind of good at this. And then I just kept going. And then I just fell more and more in love with the craft. You know, I didn't go to acting school or academies or anything like that. It just kind of was like a raw, organic experience, you know? Yeah.
0: And I really wouldn't want it. Any other way. <laughs> Can you remember like the first play you were in as a kid that you were like, this is cool?
1: Yes, yes. It was Alice in Wonderland at my old um, at my old elementary school called St. Catherine's. It was a private Catholic school in Rialto. Shout out, shout out, Rialto! Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I was in Alice in Wonderland, and I played the mouse. I played the <laughs> yes. mouse that was like the sleepy mouse that they they take the pot out of, like on the table.
0: Yes, I love yeah. that.
1: Mm-hmm. That was my first experience. I didn't have any talking points, but I mean, I was the cutest mouse, so whatever. Yes, you were.
0: Know? <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, my mom always tells the story I did. um, When I was six, I did The Wizard of Oz and I was just like a munchkin. Mm -hmm. And I was all the way in the back because like all like the little kids who needed to like hold on to someone's hand for guidance. Mm -hmm. I was one Mm -hmm. of those. But Mm -hmm. every time the witch came and then the ruby slippers went on her feet, I would somehow when we were all on the ground, I was like army crawling to the front of the stage so I could be close to her slippers Mm-hmm. And then my mom was like, okay, I think um, I think we have a, a little uh, actress on our hands. <laughs> wow. So what was that um, first role that you auditioned for that you landed? And like, how did that come about? So when you go
1: into the business, well, at least for me, this was my experience. You start off gradual and then you build up momentum, right? Yeah. Just like with any job, you're trying to get your resume up. So I started off auditioning for a lot of commercials. And I did a lot of print. So the first role that I ever had was being a Bratz doll. Um, And I was um, in a Bratz commercial. And I, mind you, when I was younger, I loved Bratz. Like my complete fashion inspiration, even now as a grown woman, still look to them and be like, ah, you are a queen, right? Yes, I love (laughs) Bratz. Right, so I booked that Bratz commercial and I mean the experience was exactly how I thought it was going to be. There was craft service, you know, I had my hair and makeup done. It was a long day. We were just dancing constantly in front of the camera and it's like Bratz, Bratz, Bratz and <laughs> you know, you're walking around and it was like a cat theme, so we had like cheetah print on and the whole thing going on. So that was that was really really fun. That was my first role. So shout out to Bratz, you know. Yes,
0: I hey, love that. What's
1: good? Honestly, every little girl's dream. Exactly. A Bratz commercial. Like, come on. That's I think that's super cool. Yes. And then um, my first actual acting role where I would like, you know, had speech action, you know, was in Shake It Up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On Disney Channel. So I played somebody's girlfriend on the show for for an episode. That's so
0: fun. Mm-hmm. And are are either of your parents in the industry in any way? No, neither of them. Nobody in my family is.
1: I'm the very first person to be in the industry. That's why I'm saying like completely organic, nothing behind the scenes just, you know, from the ground up
0: pretty much. I love that. How would you say, you know, your upbringing inspired you to chase your dreams? Cuz it's a tough industry to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, decide that that's what you're going to do and and go after it. I mean
1: luckily for me I had extremely supportive parents who uh believed in I have three other siblings that believed in you know whatever we did if we wanted to set our mind to it we could achieve it. Yeah. So of course this industry is difficult. I had hard times, horrible days, great days, but I mean without them I feel like I would not be molded the way I am because My family has kept me so grounded my entire life and where they are from and where we're from is not quite like anybody else. Who yeah. is, you know? So honestly, my family doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I stayed uh, so solid in the business and why people couldn't really hurt my feelings like that. Because when I come home and we have a family party, nobody asks me about my job. I don't get any special treatment. It's just, you know, it's just Jalen. Yeah. And I think that played a big role. And I think maybe people sometimes get lost in the sauce a little bit. Yeah. So they just kind of forget who they truly are. But, likely with my family, I never, ever get to forget. Yeah. And do you have like a really big family? I do. I have a huge family. Um, My dad is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Uh-huh. And so all his family is over there. And my mom is from La Puente, California.
0: So I think that it's so cool to grow up in, in different cultures. And that has definitely helped Shape me and who I am, but do you feel like the way that you grew up and everything kind of shaped you into who you are as an artist?
1: 100%. I mean, if I did not have the cultural background that I have, I feel like I wouldn't have been able to uh, book and pull off a lot of things that I have, yeah, and have like a different understanding for my characters and you know, for people around me. But I mean. I don't even know how to describe it, but just like my family, they're on, they're they're rough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, if I didn't have that and if I didn't experience that, then I feel like I would not be as funny as I am now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, I feel like a little bit of crazy when you're younger builds a good sense of humor.
0: Absolutely. And and, <laughs> and you you have to like be able to have that, especially since in the industry you face so much... Rejection yes, and yes. adversity and, you know, it's yeah. it's so important to kind of have that as your baseline when you're moving forward.
1: Yeah, and if you're not witty and if you don't have any good comebacks, you know, then... What are you gonna do? Because these some people in the industry are—it's rough, and you know, especially if you're on set, and some people may not be nice. Some people are, but those people who aren't nice—you gotta, you gotta be able to come back
0: respectfully. Yeah, and likely with the way I grew up, I mean, I handle things like that very well. Exactly. I mean, do you feel like when you—I mean, I know you said in the Bratz commercial experience that it kind of was exactly what you pictured, but then when that transferred over into doing actual series and, and having speaking lines and all of that was, was the industry kind of what you thought it was? Was there a little shock when you started going onto sets?
1: I mean, I guess the only shock that I would have is like, when I was younger, I would, you know, put them on a pedestal and like, be like, oh my gosh, they must be like a perfect human being, but celebrities are just humans. And I realized that when I was, when I was younger, I was like, they're humans. Like, yeah, I don't know. She might just be having a bad day. Don't mean she a diva. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, she probably worked 20 hours, 15 hours and, you know, had four hours of sleep and she hasn't seen her family. So it's like a completely different understanding when you're actually immersed in it. And, you know, I feel like people are quick to write off that diva card, but Yeah, it's like, you don't you don't know the details. So I think maybe that's what it was. Everything else was exactly what I pictured. And It shocks me that it's um, extremely fast-paced on set. And it's like, go, 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 and then wait. Yes, so hurry up and I wait. Think, <laughs> right. And so I like, I think that's what shocked me. And I'm like, wait, oh, we didn't even get to that scene today. In my head, I thought that it was just a constant, like, loop of, you know, beautiful planning. Yeah. And I mean, and it is. But, you know, I just thought that you have to get to all the scenes in one day, you know? Yeah. I'm, you don't. Sometimes you just don't. And because obviously this industry is run by Humans, it's people. And, you know, and I mean, I think that's why I fell in love with it because you just get to have such a different kind of experience on set and meeting so many different people. So
0: I feel like the thing that shocked me the most was just the the machine of it all and Mm -hmm. seeing how many crew members there are, like how many wheels are in the machine to get it running Yeah, that you don't Like It's like how many,
1: yeah, how many details you need, like someone for props. Like, it's like, what do you mean there's somebody to take this napkin that I'm using for the scene? Like, that's a good point that I completely forgot about. Yeah. Like, Like, there's props and lighting and the little details. And then especially when you say if you're filming in a house and the amount of work that the people who build the house and then who decorate it and then add like the dirty dishes in the sink yes. and, you know, a stained water glass just to make it real and dimensional and having layers and even the house has character i think that is so cool set design i feel like is probably one of the coolest jobs that people can have
0: it's so cool and like their their attention to continuity like you take one sip out of your glass and then after they call cut somebody comes to like put that sip back (laughs) yes because there's always somebody who's gonna watch it and be like
1: "Uh uh-uh uh 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 uh. see it was filled up to here now it's there that doesn't make sense oh yeah it's
0: like the infamous um in pretty woman there's a it's like gelato or something they're at dinner and it cuts Mm -hmm. away from her and she had had a full like scoop cuts away from her cuts back to her it's empty cuts away from her cuts back to her and it's full again (laughs) oh see Uh,
1: you know and it happens it It happens. happens
0: But people love catching that. Like people yeah, love they do. like the Starbucks cup in Game of Thrones. Honestly,
1: I'd have to say that I do enjoy doing that too. That is something that like when I'm watching TV, I'm
0: like, oh, oh I could see her mic pack. Ooh. Yeah. Like, Do you find that you're like annoying like that when you watch stuff with your friends because you're an actor and you know all of the things that go into it that like even story wise, I find that I'm like always finding plot holes. <laughs> Right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, luckily, whenever I watch TV, I'm like, this is fake. This is not real so things might not happen the way they'd happen in real life but the things that i do notice like i said like oh i see a little mic pack right there mm-hmm. or um what i really do is look at the actors and i'm like how did you do that in this moment like yeah. i'm watching them and say i'm watching denzel washington and he's like a genius obviously so i'm watching him and it's so realistic that you forget you're watching a movie yeah and with the way he portrays his characters i mean just studying him on screen and studying what he does. I think that's another thing that I'm annoying with is like, I'll pause it and be like, did you see that? Did you see how he took that moment? And then
0: everybody's like, shut up, Jalen. I'm like, you know what? You're (laughs) right.
1: Okay. Let's just watch the movie.
0: Do you remember a movie that you watched when you were younger and you were like, I want to do that?
1: What? Oh, it was Charlie's Angels. (laughs) Yes. I like Charlie's Angels with Cameron Diaz and Lucy Lou, right? Lucy Liu, right? Yep. Lucy Liu and, Drew Barrymore. Uh, yeah. Drew Barrymore, yes. Charlie's Angels. It was the scene where it was the race car scene. Oh, yeah. And it was the guy who like cuts girls' hair and he like screams. He's like, ah! After he yeah. gets it, it was just the whole dynamic of like, they were super beautiful, but super bad. And like, they would put on their disguises and then trick men into like falling in love with them for five minutes. And they're like, haha, no, I'm taking your card. Like, I'm like, this, <laughs> that's just, come on. Like, this is great. This is amazing. So I definitely would love to be an angel one day.
0: Yes. If you say it, it will be. I believe that. Period. In terms of the roles that you have played. Mm-hmm. what has drawn you to those characters
1: to be perfectly honest it is because i wanted to work <laughs> um, initially <laughs> you know that's yeah. purely the truth i love I the mean, honesty like, that's you know but what kept me there and what you know captivated me about each character is take zoe from free rain for example how sweet she was and innocent and how driven she was for this horse. I mean, like, especially it was important for me to play her because, you know, like you guys said, I was the first Afro-Hispanic woman to lead a children's TV show on Netflix. So that was very important to me, that representation. Yes. And I mean, just doing something different. But also what drew me to be Dominique and Shameless was the character arc. Mm. of her being loved and then hated. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, I think being a villain is super cool. And everybody remembers the villain, I think.
0: Yeah. Now, when you got that role, did you know that that was going to be your arc? Because, you know, they don't always tell you. It was a natural episode by episode. I was figuring it out
1: and I was like, oh, okay. This is what's happening to her. This is what she's going through. And I think that's super cool because once again, it's relatable for young women all over the world. It's, you know, they, I mean, young girls, I feel like young men as well, they want to be able to identify with someone on TV and they might be, you know, I'm a good girl. Like I do everything that my parents ask and da, 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 da. But then like they go through this phase of wanting to express themselves. And of course they express themselves in maybe sometimes the wrong way, dangerous way, but I think people grow with a character, and Dominique was the perfect role for that. And being able to represent people, like real people, on screen is something that I'm very passionate about. Yeah. So that's that's another reason that drew me to her. And then Trish, Miss Trishy, Trishy Trishy Trish, Miss Trish Turner, Blind Spotting. I mean. Just the whole message of the movie that I watched previously before doing the show drew me to this character. I just knew I needed to be a part of it. And yeah, then, great film. I mean, well, thank Raphael and David. They're, yeah, I mean, they're 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 incredible. But just being able to play another character where she has so many different dimensions and she's growing with somebody. Well, she's growing her herself and she's growing with others around her. That's another reason what drew me to that character.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I love that you've been able to tackle such, you know, serious characters with these incredible arcs, but then also doing something like you've done a lot of like children's programming. Right. How do you feel being able to tackle both of those things? Because were you filming any of those kind of simultaneously?
1: Yeah, I was actually flying in between um, Lund- like England and Chicago to do Shameless and finish that show up. But I mean, how do I feel about it? I mean, I feel like it's just well, your child can watch Free Rain, and then you could watch Blind Spotting after. I think that is yeah. so cool, and I, I mean, I love it, and I love the fact that I have a young audience as well as a grown audience. And I mean, yeah, like I said, it's just my job. I don't think I ever really thought about that aspect. Yeah,
0: I mean, I asked because I think that it's like so incredible as an artist to be able to tackle both things and like when you're on those sets be like okay now my brain is here and then Mm. my brain is here for this so it's just like you know bouncing between those two things and and being able to just kind of flip the switches when you have to is incredible to do as an actor
1: well thank you i mean it's it's fun it's a good time
0: you know i'm just playing dress up all the time that's pretty lit (laughs) yes (laughs) we'll be right back with some rapid fire questions your shoes tell a story about not only who you are, but where you're heading. Because of that, your footwear should be as unstoppable as you are. That's why Sorel Footwear designs shoes that define and defy the trends. From sporty sneakers to wear all week wedges and boots, their shoes will level up your look literally. I like to do a little pop quiz, just like a this or that. Are you down? Oh, yes. All right. Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach. See, I'm a mountains girl, but that's just Mm. because I'm very pale. So if I lay out in the sun, I am either red or white. (laughs) Um, Okay, milk before cereal or cereal before milk? Um, oh, cereal before milk. I pour. Yeah,
1: I if when I do eat cereal, I pour my cereal first and then I add my little almond milk. Same. I don't think I know anyone who does. Milk whoever 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 does do that they they're a dangerous person just really <laughs> they're a dangerous
0: person. All right, winter fashion or summer fashion?
1: Winter fashion because I can get way more outfits off, thigh high boots, sweaters, hats, everything. So I, I I'm going to go with winter fashion.
0: I'm going to go with winter yeah. fashion too. Yeah, it's just
1: I don't know, because in the summertime, it's just wearing less and less clothing. But like, I don't know what else to do in the summer. I don't know how many crop tops and shorts can I wear, you know? Exactly.
0: And I'm like, I, I'm also that person that I, ha- I hate being hot because there's nothing you can do about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you have layers on, you can always peel off if you're hot, add on if you're cold. It's, it's right. just more versatile. Right. All right. Mom jeans or skinny jeans, and by mom jeans, I mean like the baggier fashion that's like coming in, not like you know super nineties mom jeans
1: so i mean okay i don't I don't want to even sound super uncool. I would have to go with skinny jeans, but The only reason why I would say mom jeans is because I guess now it's so much fashion forward and I just had like these 15 year olds like school me on what's cool, right? So I was wearing skinny jeans. Yeah, I was wearing skinny jeans with like a cute blouse and some heels. I'm like, oh, I am fashion, honey. Like this is a classic look. And they're like, "Mm, I think not. So I guess the the light wash mom jeans is the trend right now. and And I can't argue with the youth, so. It's a toss-up.
0: I think after COVID, I'm happy that baggy pants are coming into play because I like to be comfortable. But I still I still say we rock the skinny jeans because I think they're cute and they make your butt look good.
1: Right, and I'm going to do it. We created cool. We created cool, yeah. <laughs> like, you guys ever heard the song Still Tippin"? Okay, paved yeah. the way. Paved the way for y'all.
0: Yes. Anyways, my last question in this, this, or that is something that I am curious about everybody. Do you sleep with socks on or off? Off. 1000% off. I If, if <sighs> I even try to wear them, they're off when I wake up.
1: Right, exactly. Like I have no other choice.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, it goes back to the feeling hot thing.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: I want to talk about with Free Rain, you mentioned how important you feel that representation is for young kids to see. And it's, I have mm-hmm. so many conversations with my friends about how they grew up and didn't always know that being an actor was even something possible for them because they weren't growing up seeing themselves. Mm-hmm. So how, like how, how, wonderful has that been for you to be able to to do that and be that person who little girls are seeing and and knowing that their dreams are also possible it's so cool and it's so
1: different because you know you like you said you are uh, somebody that young girls look up to and you are still a person with flaws and you're still a human being that has made mistakes and will continue to make mistakes but what i think is so cool about that is they get to see themselves on television and they get to see like you said that anything is possible and especially you know black equestrians are extremely rare yeah so being a young black girl and seeing another black girl be able to ride horses or even if you thought that you couldn't ride horses because you don't see anybody that looks like you I think that is amazing because that can change someone's life yeah literally that can change their whole view of everything oh my gosh you know and like what I'm doing isn't even that big of a deal imagine what Michelle Obama looks like to them or Naomi Osaka or, you know, all of those great talents, somebody who's doing something so exceptional. Like, I think that them watching that is going to mold our future more than people realize right now. 100%. And what it can do, becoming a doctor, becoming a lawyer and, you know, oh my gosh, I see this black girl do this. I can do that too, because we weren't allowed to even go to school at one point. Yeah. And when I say go to school I mean, you know, with everyone. Yes. Not, yes. you know, segregated. But I don't know. I think that is I think that is the coolest thing is that they get to watch themselves on TV. And um even if they don't decide to ride horses, they might decide to be a surgeon because a black girl did something and then they feel like they can do something and as they
0: should. Girls all across the board. That's it's it really is so amazing, and it's like you said, like all of that stuff that happened. There are people that were alive when that was happening. Like it's still been in this lifetime for people. It's that people's that was, grandparents. Yeah, it's, that's literally what it is. Yeah, and it's like if if somebody's still alive that went through that, we're we're not that far. We're not that progressed. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. But it's it's great that you know things are moving towards like like you're saying, girls are able to see themselves more and and realize the possibilities of their dreams, which is incredible. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like the possibilities are literally
0: endless. We have a vice president who is a woman. Yes.
1: I mean, and a woman of color. So it's like, what else can't you do, girl? You can do anything. You can can do do anything. Anything.
0: Yes. Now I have another question about, free reign. Did you mm-hmm. know how to ride a horse before that? Or did you have to go through training? I had no idea how
1: to ride a horse before that. Would um, never be able to tell. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, so we would go through training on set in between takes, maybe um, during lunch or on the weekends we would do things like that i mean and uh, riding a horse almost feels like riding a bike once you get the hang of it and then you go back on it, it takes you a while to get used to it again but then you just get the hang of it so
0: i think that's so cool like i'm i'm dying to do a role where like i have to be trained to do something and look like i do it well Oh my gosh, maybe we'll work together. That would be a dream.
1: That would be super cool. I mean... And then we'll be like,
0: remember the step? How was working on Freeform? What was that like? It was so fun. I mean, so my parents and family, like my trip growing up my whole life was to Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents are just like little kids. It's very cute. Um, but, you know, when I started acting, my dad was like, you got to be on something related to Disney. <laughs> and then I, you know, being on Freeform Freeform's owned by Disney. And so I got to do fun things like take my parents to Disney, like finally, like treat them when they have like treated me my whole life. And, you like seeing my parents watch me and be so excited. And before we were airing, we had a billboard outside of one of the parks one time and my parents were so cute. They like went to Disney just to like take a picture in front of it. They just like drove in. But yeah, it was, it was amazing. That is so cool. I feel very lucky with the things that I've worked on that I've worked for people who were lovely and, you know, allowed us to fully be creative and artistic and an amazing cast, which like we were talking about earlier, isn't always the case when you go Mm -hmm. on sets and stuff. It's not Uh always that you find that you really love the people that you work with. And, you know, especially the bold type that I just worked on. And I was on a show called Faking It and I just was blessed with really lovely people to work with so Oh, I love that. It's been great. I have no complaints. And then I do stuff like this and I meet cool people. I mean, look at we met each other. That's yes, pretty dope. I love That's it. That's cool. Yeah, the bold type. Oh, I love that. That's so yes. congratulations. We love We love to see a working queen. We do. We do. Women supporting women. I love it. Right. And I also want to talk about because listen, I always need help in my lash game. Always. Mm, mm. You know, I've tried everything. I've tried to do the latisse, the things that make it grow normally. Nothing looks better than a false lash. Nothing. Nothing, nothing looks me. better. So what, I mean, I, was that like a thing of, you know, getting your hair and makeup done and, you know, having that, you know, happen all the time and you're obviously, they put false lashes on us and all of that. Was that something that you were like... I feel like I can make one of these that's better.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, honestly, I was just I was in between jobs and I was like, Oh, I can't just do nothing, you know? Yeah. So then I just came up with like, why not lashes? And then I came up with a name because my whole life everybody would just be like, Oh girl, you're bougie and I'm like, Ah, oh, I guess so. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And then my nickname is Jay. Yeah. Everybody calls me Jay. So then I just put the two and two together and I said, Oh, well, I guess I'm boo Jay.
0: Yes. I love that. (laughs) I'm just so interested. I've, I've never started a business. So what was that like from the base level? Like, how did you, how did you get started with that? It was difficult. I mean, I built
1: a, um, I got help building a website and I, you know, did photo shoots and I picked out the names for the lashes. And, then, you know, you order the lashes and you have to go through a whole bunch of different types of lashes. Like, what do you want? And then, I mean, from there, that's just, I just progressed from there. And I has, still have so much more work to do. Sometimes I leave um her off to the side to do acting, but I need to figure out a good balance. So that way they can both get the attention that they both deserve. I mean, but... It's an experience. It's an it's a learning experience. So I think that's what I like mostly about it is that I'm learning something new about myself every day when I get myself involved with it. And I mean, it's just like, it brings out a little entrepreneur business side to you. Yes. And I think that's really cool. I mean... I think everybody should have a hobby, and I and I feel like that's my hobby is being a little business owner.
0: (laughs) Yes. What has it been like for you since you obviously have a full time acting career as well, like juggling those two things?
1: I mean, I'm a person that struggles with balance. So Mm. when I'm hyper focused on something, I'm that is it. That is the only thing that matters. I have complete tunnel vision. And then, unfortunately, things fall to the side. And I'm a kind of person that needs a schedule, and I need like times for things to get done. Otherwise, nothing will get done. If that does that make sense?
0: Yes. I don't know. Am 100%. I like the only person? That,
1: like that's just
0: I don't know my mind. That's how my mind works. I and- am a hundred percent that way. I, I started out in the business singing, and um, you know, transferred over into acting, and I was trying to do both at the same time, and I'm a person who wants to give a hundred percent to whatever I do, but if you're giving a hundred percent to two things at once, it's like hard to give a hundred percent to everything. It's possible because people are doing it all the time, but I'm just right. not a person who has perfected that balance yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: it's like when I'm doing one thing, I have to like do that one thing, and then when I have time off, I do the other thing you know? Right.
1: Yeah, so it's exactly. like,
0: it's just, it's a, it's a hard thing, but I mean, especially if you have both, you know, your business and, and the acting thing, and they're both moving ahead, you know, that balance is going to come. You're going to find it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And especially like I have my mom's help. So she helps me with a lot of things. Yes, she helps I me love with my that. schedules and, you know, she helps me with everything. A mother so, daughter team. Right. Exactly. Hey, holla. Um, yes, mom. <laughs> but Finding that balance, it's difficult. I mean, because when I'm working and I'm filming, that's the only thing that I really want to focus on. So and then I just let her take the reins on bougie lashes and then whatever needs to be done, she helps me get it done. And then when I'm off work, I'm able to do my auditions and then as well as work on the business. But I mean, I definitely this year want to come up with even more of a schedule. So if anybody has any schedule tips, please let me know because I'm really the type of person that needs like somebody right there like, okay, Jalen, and at 5 p.m. you need to do this. And then when it's like 4.30, it's like, remember, Jalen, because I forget everything. So. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm I'm terrible. I I need to put things in my calendar more. I try to pride myself on being a person that's like, I'll remember, I'll remember. And then the right. day comes up and I'm like, oh no, I know I have something to do today and I've forgotten it.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, are you are you also like the type of person, because this is how I am, where it's like somebody will be like, oh, let's go get drinks Friday. And I'm like super excited in the moment. I'm like, heck yeah, let's go. Let's do this. And then the Friday comes and I'm like, I would rather chew on a jean jacket than go out in public right now like oh my gosh why did my adrenaline do that why did it make a decision
0: for me oh yeah like you can't like give me a sip of champagne and I'm making plans for months in advance and then that day rolls around and they're like are we doing it and I was like at least
1: at least you you get a sip of champagne I just go off of pure like yeah, I'm
0: just in a great mood in this 10 minutes, and I want to do everything and anything, and I'm inspired from I'm everything. that way too, but I'm sorry. I'm dead over the chewing on a jean jacket because as you said it, I was picturing doing it, and it's horrible.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. Like, I would rather do that than go out in public right now. Like, I want to watch Wife Swap and eat some hot <laughs> Cheetos
0: on my bed, please. That is, you know? See, but that's become more of my, like, hangs with my friends because yeah, I'm— 28. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not old. I should still be wanting to be out and be social. And I am a very like social person. I love to talk to people. I love to meet new people. But I am that person that now, if you gave me the option of sitting on my couch and watching Grey's Anatomy for six hours or mm-hmm. going out for drinks, I'm I'm going to choose being on my couch with my dog. Right. So what would you say is like your ideal night then? like? Oh man. What would it be? Ooh, my ideal night is um I love to cook and mm-hmm. I love to host. So mm-hmm. I'm down to have a couple friends over. I'll make dinner, we'll eat, drink wine, and then sit on the couch. And, you know, Monday nights we're watching guilty pleasures like Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, you know, that kind of stuff. Or uh. I have a couple friends that really need a lesson in good rom-coms from the 90s. Like, one of my friends has not seen basically anything. I had to introduce her to 10 Things I Hate About You the other day. Oh, no. Which was wonderful for me because that's one of my favorite movies. But um, yeah, that's just like my ideal night. Wow, I think we might be like
1: soul sisters because that sounds
0: Do you want to come over? I'll cook you dinner.
1: Please do you know how to
0: do? Do you make um? Do you make your culture's food? I do, I do. I actually, I'm I'm very good. My grandma always taught me how to make soup. Like soup's a very big thing in Portuguese culture. Like Uh. that's the appetizer. But Mm -hmm. I also make a really good paella. I make. Ooh. I can make some good clams. There's a Portuguese wow. dish called ameijoas abulhão pato, which is. It translates. Ooh,
1: wait, hang on. We're gonna let's take that back a second. Say it one more
0: time. Ameijoas abulhão uh-uh. pato, which is. Wow. It's basically That's like nice. a like clams in like a cilantro white wine. Some chorizo sometimes is in there. Mm. Little spice. It's very delicious. So that sounds with over some rice, do you put it over you rice? You can do it over rice or it's very good over a pasta. Mm. Okay. You know. Okay. I love that. But yeah. I make my grandfather's I over quarantine perfected my grandfather's paella recipe, which has like anything and everything in it, like seafood, meat. Bacon, chorizo—it's literally everything. So if you're if you're vegetarian, maybe not your dish.
1: See, I'm a I'm a pescatarian, but I cheat sometimes. So that yep. like when it's like a special occasion, I'll be like, yeah, I'll try a chicken wing. Like that's fine. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I don't know what kind of pescatarian is that? Like if somebody that just eat meat every blue moon, what is that called?
0: That's a Are pescatarian, pescatarian like, who eats meat every cheese, blue moon. cheats yeah. a little bit. Yeah, a cheating. Like, exactly. A cheating
1: pescatarian. Right. And I'm like, maybe just a little bit. Just I'll just have a little fried chicken, like no big deal. And I just started being a pescatarian maybe like six months ago, seven months ago. And for my birthday, my friend, she had ordered some fried chicken. And I was looking at her plate. I'm like, that just looks too good for me not to taste on this birthday. Right? Yep. So I just asked for a couple pieces. I dipped it in some gravy. And when I tell you, when I tell you, my good sis, that it was the best piece of chicken that I've ever had. Okay. But it doesn't feel
0: good after you eat it. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if you're like not used to eating it for a while. That's why I just eat everything so that I don't get sick when I have anything. (laughs) What a beautiful way to live. Well, now that we're on the topic of food, it brings me to thinking about being an actor and like the pressures that there are to, you know, stay in shape, eat healthy, all of that stuff. Cause I know I feel that pressure sometimes. Like I'm like, Mm. Oh God, I have to take my shirt off and I have, I'm not prepared. And I know that it should just be like, who cares? This is your body and this is what it looks like. And just like be in it. But it is hard Mm -hmm. when you have social media and all of those pressures from other people and their expectations of what they want you to look like and thinking about what the casting director is going to want you to look like. So like, Mm -hmm. how do you deal with that pressure?
1: No, I mean, of course, like I have my days where I'm like, uh, do I look okay in this? Is it, How do I look on camera? Am I standing up straight? Like, do you see my little lonjas on the side, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's nerve-wracking because like you said, you have this pressure to look a certain way. But at the same time, I just think like, I'm already here mm-hmm. and I'm already up here and I'm pretty sure I should be grateful for what I have going on right now. Yep. So, I mean, I think that's just really how I deal with it is I'm just like, you're going to get this, you know, bloated stomach if that's what she's giving today, you know? Yes. And it's like, you're just going to have to deal with it. And mind you, it's difficult to get into that mindset because I have to like psych myself into it. I'm like, yeah, like, I look amazing. I look great. But like, I'll feel like a a blob on the inside. But it's like, you're not a blob. Nobody is a blob. Okay. Because there's somebody out there who thinks you are bomb. Yes. So. I think that's just, yeah, I think that's just what I have to think about is like, look, there's somebody out there that thinks this looks good. You know, there's somebody out there that's like trying to, you know, be like, wow, like that shirt looks amazing. And then it's like, you don't feel like the shirt looks amazing, but there's 10 people who do. And it's like, maybe believe that. How about that? It is a
0: really liberating feeling because I have had a couple of those moments where I, you know, have to be in a bra and underwear or less than that on camera Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. No, those, I, I feel you, sister. Trust you, me. I feel you. You have those moments in the mirror in your trailer before and you're like, all right, we're here. It's the day. There's no going back. This is what it is. You look great. You mm-hmm. look hot. Work it. And and we're here. And it's like a liberating feeling to be like, it's going to be what it's going to be. And it's going to be great.
1: Well, yeah, because it's like, what are you going to do? Go out there and look unhappy? The camera will see it all over your face. Yeah. And like, that's not cool. That's not that's not player. You know, I want to go out there and feel and look the best that I can look and if that means I just ate lunch and maybe in this one piece it's a little bit tighter than it was 30 minutes ago then I'm that's gonna I'm gonna have to accept it because I cannot change it I'm not gonna not Mm -hmm. eat I'm not gonna not eat like trust me I'm not gonna do that so it really is just being on the wavelength of you know I'm beautiful, period. And yeah. like, there's no buts. There's no sometimes. It's just, I mean, and it's hard. Like, I'm not saying like I'm a guru where every single day I'm feeling myself because I don't.
0: No one does. But if
1: I'm going to go on camera, I'm going to make the best of it.
0: Yeah. Some of the best advice that I try my best to take is the, you have to accept the things you cannot change. It,
1: girl, mm-hmm. okay. Okay people's reaction to you and like if their reaction to your body might be negative. And it's like, like I said in the beginning, that isn't your task to worry
0: about. Yes. (laughs) So what would your advice be to people who are considering a career in acting wanting to do this as their livelihood?
1: I think the best piece of advice that I've ever received was from my mom. Yes. And she would always be like, you're not in competition with anybody but yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can be extremely competitive with yourself, but you should never be competitive with another person because, I mean, you're going to be unhappy all the time. There's somebody that's always going to be better than you mm-hmm. at acting or there's always going to be somebody that's prettier than you in your eyes. For you to constantly focus on the next person, you're just going to be upset. But the only way that you can find happiness is just really worrying about yourself and being in competition with yourself. Like, okay, was I a better person than I was yesterday? Yeah. Say, you know, and you shouldn't beat yourself up either. Say you have a situation that you reacted extremely emotional out of and you were um, angry and yelling and that's not a positive way to react to anything is causing yourself that kind of stress so the next day you can look back at the previous day and be like huh well what can i fix about that so that way in the next time you get in that situation you handle it way better. And, and then I think that's, you're in competition with yourself, you know? And then it's like, you didn't like your performance on a job. Okay. You're watching it, man. So instead of sitting there complaining and beating yourself up and coming up with excuses as to why this performance was this way, you can really look at yourself and be like, okay, well, I can fix X, Y, and Z. Then the next time you go on a job, you apply those things. And then look at that. You just beat your past self. Yeah, That's the only person you should be worried about. 100%. That's great that advice main, mom yeah that is the right that is the main person that you need to focus on is you Yeah. because there is no other you and you're the only person that's on your team 100% and um you're the only one that
0: has to live with you yep amen and you know moving into 22 and beyond 2022 and beyond what can we expect from you what are some things that like you dream of doing
1: I think I dream of doing anything in my craft. So anything and everything I can get my hands on. I want to direct. I want to produce. I want to write. I want to be fully involved. So I think I would say that my dream is to just be involved in everything in front and behind
0: the camera. I love that. That's so important, especially just to realize how tough everybody else's job is, you know, even just shadowing people who have different jobs than you do. Yeah. I love it. I have one final question for you. Okay. How have you learned to approach challenges in order to step out and stay focused on your goals? How
1: have I approached challenges? I, I'm not afraid of failure. And if I do fail, I still genuinely believe that it is a win
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I'm learning from that failure. And I think any challenges that come my way, I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's let's risk this. Like, am I going to do good or bad? But either way, okay. Well, then when the next time this comes my way, I'm going to be even better than the last time. Yes. And I mean, any every challenge that I look back on that I have faced, I'm so appreciative of it. I'm like, man, I thought that was the end of the world. It wasn't at all because now it happened again, and I handled it completely differently, and my outcome was different. So. I think just changing the way you look at life, everything can kind of be beautiful. And I love that. Yeah. And you accept your challenges as an opportunity for growth.
0: Yes. I don't even like the word failure. No. Failure is not a real thing because there's always opportunity for growth and there's always the opportunity for success on the other side. It's just like... The only time you fail is when you did not try. Yep. My husband, um, one of his favorite books, and he has a tattoo Of the title, it's called The Obstacle is the Way. Mm -hmm. And it's just all about you know, you want to get to the other side of the mountain, but you can't without climbing over it. Why not just put one foot in front of the other and you'll eventually get there?
1: Yeah, like it's so, it's so beautiful. I mean, I think like it took me a long time and I'm still mastering this. Like I am not at all where I want to be, but. Once I started realizing that everything in life is just not that serious, okay. Mm -hmm. And when those hard days are difficult, you just got to be like, you know what? At least tomorrow is not today.
0: Yep. (laughs) Tomorrow is a a new day. day. It's a
1: new day. Like it's so exciting. It's so exciting not knowing what's coming next.
0: Yeah. Ah, well, I am so thankful that I got to wake up to this new day and talk to you. Me too. You
1: are so sweet. And you you are are so
0: wonderful. And um, I'm such a fan. I can't wait to see what you continue to do. I am going to be looking up where to buy my bougie lashes. because I'm gonna need them. Um, And I'm just so excited to continue to watch you grow and take over the world with your fabulousness.
1: Thank you, Miss Katie Stevens. I appreciate you talking to me and us having a beautiful conversation. And I mean, you know, the microphone got hot.
0: Yes, we, it got we, so hot. We, got spicy. <laughs> <laughs> we had some fun. Yes. Well, I can't wait to hopefully meet you in person and give you a big hug. Yes, Katie.
1: I mean, let me know when you're making that paella and some of those clams because I will eat it.
0: Oh so yes. Let me know. I am very serious. Okay. I'm not an empty <laughs> offerer, so we will make these plans and we will follow through. <laughs> yes,
1: we will actually follow through. Okay, this isn't just excitement. Yeah. <laughs> <This> isn't- <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. I appreciate you. This episode of the Step is presented by Pop Sugar and Sorel, powerful footwear for unstoppable individuals. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Step wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katie Stevens. We'll be back next week.